I don't know when music died, but it was sick for a long time. Music used to really slap. I want to go back. Music was better. Was better. Was better. Was better. Music was better. The podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Music Was Better, the podcast where we talk about your favorite songs and the people on YouTube who like them even more than you do. And they will tell you all about it. My name is DJ Vintown. My name is Sassy Sammers. <laughs> We're coming to you live from Spring Bake in Cancun, Mexico, where we just did body shots off of an Italian carpenter named Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, this is our Spring Break episode, and we're in the mood. The mood for music. So we got a couple songs from Spring Break that we're going to share with you right now. What's Love is a song by American rapper Fat Joe featuring Ashanti. The song was performed live from MTV Spring Break 2002 at the Grand Oasis Hotel in Cancun, Mexico. Did, did you ever like want to go to those spring breaks when you were a kid? Like watching Oh, MTV? hell yeah. I love the beach. I wanted to wear a string bikini. <laughs> if you watch the, the actual video from the show, there's definitely some string bikinis. What's Love peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and stayed on the chart for 20 weeks, giving Ashanti her second top 10 single and Fat Joe his first. The song made Ashanti the first female artist to simultaneously occupy the top two positions on the Hot 100. Foolish was the number one single. Wow. Good for her. Talk about a peak, you know? Uh, I think Ashanti's peak was when she... Uh, was in John Tucker Must Die. It's probably the greatest She probably ever. got it off of this song. Like, John Tucker saw this video and was like, <laughs> I want her to kill me. Fat <laughs> 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 uh, Joe has claimed that Ashanti recorded the vocals for the demo, with the plan being to replace her on the record with Jennifer Lopez to appeal to the Latin market. Oh, God. When Joe heard the demo, he insisted on doing the record with Ashanti instead. Okay, Ashanti would have been the vocals anyway, because right. J-Lo has many songs that are sung by Ashanti. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Like, like this is a claim. It even says on Wikipedia, like, Fat Joe has claimed this. It doesn't say it's like a fact, because, okay, Ashanti has the number one single in, in America. Like, don't act like you discovered her. You didn't even beat her. Beat her? Like, in the charts, in the charts. <laughs> This isn't a Chris Brown episode. Never will be. No. Actors Tommy Davidson and Miguel Nunez Jr. appear in the video since the song was included in the 2002 film Juana Man. Oh my God! Recovered memory! Juana Man. Juana Man. Juana Man. Juana Man. Yes, Juana Man. Whatever. Yes. Yes. I have seen that. Holy shit. Okay. The movie stars Nunez as a pro basketball star, Jamal Jeffries, who gets booted from a... (laughs) I can't believe I'm reading the plot of this this movie. (laughs) It's too good to not read. It's too good to not just read. If one person doesn't know this, tell them it's worth it. A male basketball player gets booted from a fictionalized NBA team after an outrageous on-court stunt 
And then he starts dressing in drag to play in a fake WNBA. One ticket, please. Marcus Theaters. Holds up to 2022. Playing on the all-women's team leads him to learning his lesson. What's the lesson? We don't know. And changing his ways, becoming a better team player. Oh, he had to become a better team player. The movie holds a 10% rating on Tomatoes. Is that critics or audience? I didn't confirm that. Audience is probably at a solid... 15. (laughs) (laughs) Negative. What's Love won the ASCAP Rhythm and Soul Music Award for Top Soundtrack Song of the Year for its appearance on the Joan Rizzo. What? What? So, so somewhere in Fadro's house, which is like probably some huge house in Miami, there's a shelf with awards, and he doesn't, you know, he's he's been platinum selling, but for actual awards, yes. he just has an ASCAP. For top soundtrack of the year, and it says, "What's love, Joanna Man?" Do <laughs> you think it's displayed or in the closet? Hey, an award's an award. Yeah, true. All uh, press is good press. <sighs> the fact that it's called Joanna Man is just—I don't even remember that movie, that song being like an integral part of the movie. It's the, it plays over the credits, and that's it. I believe so. I haven't seen the movie, but that's what it said on the internet. I guess for the love of basketball. What's love got to dribble? I think he doesn't he fall in love with a WNBA player in the movie? Yeah, probably. Spoilers. Probably. Spoilers, no, spoilers for Juwan Man. Okay. Um, this song it was also nominated for Grammy in the best rap slash song collaboration category. Upon learning of his nomination, Joe said, quote, if I win, it's over. Don't nobody want it. I'm not reading this. <laughs> Why do I say that? Just say N-word. Okay. Upon learning of his nomination, Joe said, quote, If I win, it's over. Don't nobody want to see this N-word win because I'm losing it. I'm screaming. The Bronx! I'm screaming. Boricua! Wow, it's over. If I win, it's a problem. (laughs) End quote. Is this a slur? Boricua? Can I say yeah, you can say that. Okay. It just means a native or resident of Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. So, yes, you you can say that. Okay. But Bad News Dilemma by Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland ended up winning the Grammy. Well, it's probably for the best because Fat Joe would have been a problem. And because Kelly Rowland defied time and space by texting on a cell phone in Microsoft Excel. Is that the video for that? <laughs> yes. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Oh, I should note, there is another version featuring Ja Rule, but it's the explicit version. Oh. The uh, the hit version is just the two of them. Oh, okay, okay. So that's what we know about the song, What's Love, by <laughs> Fat Joe, and featuring Ashanti. Let's find out what the YouTube commenters think. And this is specifically on the Spring Break video. For this song, yes. yes. Woohoo! Spring, Spring Break. Spring Break, 2002, baby! Turtle says, when I was a little kid, I couldn't wait to get older to experience this, but shit don't even exist anymore. (laughs) Talking about MTV Spring Break. Oh, yeah. Does it? I I feel like they do. It's still. Spring Break still exists. MTV just does like 
live broadcasts of ridiculousness. Show up at the beach house every year. <laughs> Did MTV tell people where to go? I mean, there was a stage. I bet you had to like buy tickets. But it was a beach? Can you buy tickets? I feel like it would be like, like a Vegas deal, like cross-promotion with a certain hotel. So it's like if you're staying at yeah. that hotel, you can be a part of it. But I bet you still had to buy tickets. I doubt it. Capitalism, baby. They hadn't mastered it yet in 2001. This was 2002. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Chris J Productions. Chris Jericho? I wish people went back to this kind of happiness before social media, before all this madness that's happening in the world right now. Ja Rule and Ashante were running shit in the 2000s. <laughs> I love when people comment like that and um, they're participating in social media. <laughs> like right. when they slam social media, but you're participating in it by commenting on Oh, you want to complain about capitalism, yet you participate in it. Interesting. Yeah. Mm, interesting. <laughs> it's, the mo- it's a point you're making. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. If that was one year ago, so imagine what they're thinking now. This double middle fingers. Wait, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We have to remember when this took place. This is spring break, like March or April 2002. Yeah. So like, what, six months after 9-11? I wish we could go back to this kind of oh, happiness. Shit, yeah, you're so right. Oh, fuck. All those yeah. 9-11 babies are being born. Before all this madness happened in the world right now, I wish we could go back to the time when planes just hit towers. When we had to be blindly patriotic. And we loved it. The number one song in America? Ashanti. The number one food? Freedom fries. <laughs> Another comment here from Paul Anthony. This one's nine years old. I love Fat Joe's Fat Wobble and his little marching dance. He is so hip-hop. Ashanti just flips this. Cheryl Cole, take note. This is a real singer. This music genre is sadly missed. Not harsh at all. Mellow and funky. Love it long time. (laughs) Wow. If there were two adjectives I wish were used to describe me, it would be mellow and funky. Yeah, that's like... That's goals. I think I have that on my LinkedIn. I'm still unemployed. <laughs> Drats. <laughs> I should get it tattooed on my back. Yeah. What, like mellow, like on the shoulders, and then like funky on the tramp stamp? No, I think just on the tramp stamp, mellow and funky. Oh. I don't know if my back's big enough. Mm. But this is also like the comment that, uh, like, leave Cheryl Cole out of this. You can just like it, you know? Yeah. Leave her alone. Cassie boy. Cassie boy. Uh, five years ago, Cassie Boy says, Amazing time. No people with some fucking mobile in the hand. Love the energy back then. <laughs> okay, this is, <laughs> this is hilarious. Because I would bet money they were doing talk to text for this comment because it's F star star star. And when you do talk to text, text... And you say, fuck, it does F star, 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 star. So he had his mobile in his hand, or they had their mobile in their hand when they were commenting this. Whoa. Take that, Cassie boy. Rata alada. <laughs> Maybe. The good days when rap was about positivity, love, and loyalty. Now it's all about depressing, drug overdosing, murdering shit. <laughs> uh. Yeah, 2002, you know, only maybe the height of Eminem's career when he's like... Right. 
I kill my mom, I kill my wife too. Yeah, like one song doesn't make rap all about positivity. I hate to say it. Eminem's height, DMX's height. Like mm. they they weren't all about positivity, love and loyalty. Yeah. And is this song even about love and loyalty? <laughs> I mean, the word love, L U V is in it. Yes, what's love got to do it? I think it's just about we should, it should be about fucking What was that? Nothing. <laughs> the next comment from Jay Valdez. 2002, we had MTV, good music, in a time where it was still fairly easy to find you a classy, non-feminist, liberal shorty with thick hips and no tattoos. Good old days. (laughs) The good old days when you could date a woman who didn't respect herself. Non-feminist, liberal shorty. Are they meaning like liberal with their no, they're saying sexual not, favors? I think they're saying not a feminist, not a liberal. Or, no, oh, non-feminist. Okay, then they should have used hyphens in this comment because... Well, they didn't use much uh, punctuation. They didn't use so. any besides an exclamation point. Non-feminist liberal shorty with thick hips and no tattoos! Hey, would okay. you settle for two out of three, Jay Valdez? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't even got one out of three. <laughs> Restoration work says when MTV was dope. <laughs> like, okay. like both of these comments are saying like MTV was good in 2002. No, it wasn't. MTV is always bad. But like mm. to people that have nostalgia for 2002, like the peak of the TRL era. Yeah. When it's like, yeah, we show music videos. But we only show like one fourth of them. Yeah, and then it's Carson Daly. We show music videos. We make. You know, we show a video. We show a show about making the video. Yeah. And then we show part of it at the end. You know what TRL was? It was Good Morning America in the afternoon. Because, you know, people would, like, yeah. line up outside and, like, be they'd show people outside, like, ah, that's what Good Morning America is. It was Regis and Kathy Lee or Regis and Kelly, except Carson Daly was Regis and Fred Durst was Kelly. <laughs> I feel like Fred Durst was on the show all the time. Okay. Uh, another comment from Beat Stash 12 years ago. Beat Stash says, I miss this kind of rap. All the new shitters came along and killed it. I miss this shit, man. Too old for this shit. <laughs> Why they say shitters? All the new shitters? Like, all the new toilets. <laughs> but maybe that's, like, what they call rap, because they're saying, I miss this shit. So people, okay, so rap is shit, and people who rap are shitters. That fits maybe the logic meant, of this maybe comment. Maybe they meant spit. Because can't you say bitten? I miss this spit, man. All the new spitters. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we even try to make logic out of the I have YouTube no comments? Idea. It's I have no not. Idea. Plus, that comment was from 12 years ago. It's so old, their profile picture is in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another comment here from Megan Brundage. Another old one, nine years old. Hey, don't be talking shit about Fat Joe. It's sexy that he confident in himself to go out in front of millions of people when he overrate and still know he the best. <laughs> I guess uh, you should know that Fat Joe did not wear a shirt during this performance. So this person was into it. Yeah. And they got a, a reply from, uh, I'm going to get that last laugh. <laughs> Marry me to this song. <laughs> Mar- 
so this dude's basically like, hey, you like uh, confident fat guys with their shirts off. Marry me. Here I am once again. <laughs> In the YouTube comments. <laughs> I'm going to get that last laugh. Big PZ. <laughs> this was from Spring Break 2002. I think back when the music and fashion were still good. Unlike today's all genres of music sounding too much the same. And the fashion that is queery and tight. Okay. I wonder how big Fat Joe was here. Probably 350 to 400 pounds. But he lost like 100 to 150 pounds (laughs) since then. But I wonder what size pants he wore. Probably size 54 or 56. That's some big pants, but he had them baggy. (laughs) That comment like really took a turn. Like, shitting on the music of today, and then like, oh, I wonder what size pants you wore. Like, when people say stream of consciousness, like, that's <laughs> yeah. what they mean. That's stream of consciousness right there. Big peasy. I, I strive to uh, fill out my journal like yeah. Big Peasy does. Instead of doing morning pages, Big Peasy opens <laughs> YouTube and just does types the first thing that comes to his mind on any YouTube video. <laughs> I mean, like... That is kind of a good point. Like, he probably wore this size, but he had them baggy. Yeah, his pants are really baggy. There's a couple times in the, in, if you watch the performance, there's a couple times where it's like the viewer can't see, like, his crack. But, like, his backup singers, uh, they can. Yeah. And you can see it in their face. Because <laughs> Fat Joe actually has a nickname, Joey Crack. It's what? because when he was in school... When he was in high school, when he would write on the board, like, he would sag his pants so much the girls would see his crack, and they would call him Joey Crack. Joey Crack. Okay, so I have another comment here from Juan Lopez. Keep in mind, this comment is from 12 years ago. Mm, 2010. Wow. 2010. All right. Juan Lopez said, it feels like everything was in place when this song came out. Now shit is just fucked up, D. What was fucked up in 2010? I mean, just everything. <laughs> just like now. Things, yeah, things don't ever get better. They only get worse. Wow. Well, that's a way to look at life, I guess. <laughs> I'm talking about society, not about oh, life. I, I didn't sign up for this on this podcast. Okay, okay. Finally, our last comment is from Josh Lockhart. Some you need to understand. This was before most governments try control to different types of races of people. Having fun together now. Excuse me. Here's the thing about these MTV shows, these MTV spring break shows. Yeah. It's like, I'm pretty sure they just play the one song. Yeah, who knows? Because like I couldn't I couldn't find any other songs besides these two songs. That's interesting. So for an artist, you have to like go there and like do a soundtrack just to do one song. Yeah. And then where do you go? Because it's just a beach. I'm sure they get like amazing rooms. <laughs> but I think like they just do like one song. Yeah. Like I don't think they do a full set. So it's like if you're in this crowd, you're like, oh, I love this song. What's love? What's next? And then, oh, nothing's next. A 30 minute soundtrack and then Kelly yeah. Minogue's coming. Or they probably would just play, like, on the CD boombox. Yeah. 
So should we do like now some fourteen? Uh, should we do some spring break stuff during this break? Yeah. So like, want to shotgun a beer and like do cocaine? Well, we already did all that today. Oh, okay. So I guess we can just get to the next one. Well, maybe I'll put a thong on. Well, I'm already wearing one. Okay. All right. Then let's go. (laughs) Can't Get You Out of My Head is a song by Australian singer Kylie Minogue. Minogue? Minogue? For her eighth... Kylie Minogue! Minogue. Minogue. For a studio album, Fever... The song peaked at number seven on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in the U.S., but hit number one in over 40 countries. Proof America sucks ass. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love this song when I was in 2002. Me too. Um, Kyle also <laughs> performed this song live for MTV Spring Break 2002 at the Grand Oasis Hotel in Cancun, Oh, you Mexico. see what I did there? Yeah. These are both performed live there. Oh, shit. Look, before we get any further, this is maybe the greatest song that's been ever written. Yes. This is like my favorite song ever. I listened to it 45 times this week. Wow. When that I, was before we started preparing for the podcast. Yeah. When I, I mean, 2002, so I was like 12. And I was, like, probably first trying to get into music, which has never worked for me. No music works for me. I'm just so unique. <laughs> I remember being like, Kylie Minogue, she seems cool. And then learning, like, wait, she fucking sings Locomotion oh, yeah. from the 80s. Yeah. I was like, there's no way. Like... My my 2002 brain was like, she's old. I can't like her. That's crazy. But now I'm like icon. Like maybe 30 my tops. Age. Yeah. This was honestly my favorite song of the year in 2002. Of my lifetime, it sounds like. I think I actually started listening to it in 2001 because I think this album came out like. I, I mean, I bet if. Towards the end of 2001. And it was like before it was a single, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm so cool. Well, time moves slower back then. You just read like a review and they're like, this is the best song on the album. I'm like, okay, let me check it out. Yeah. And then they release it as a single like six months later. Mm-hmm. Like I know like Britney Spears' Toxic, they released like two singles from that album, I think, before. Before Toxic? And it's like, this is the best song, please. Yeah, yeah Man Eater. No, Man. Man Eater. Man Whatever. of War. What I have is no that idea. song? I have no idea what you're talking about. That Britney Spears song, she's like... Anyway, um, back to this song, back to 2002. Uh, song was written by Kathy Dennis and Rob Davis for the band Us Club 7, but it was rejected by the group's manager. <laughs> what a fucking Big idiot. Big mistake. That could have, like, saved them because their yeah. career. It went from S Club post- 7 to S Club 0. S Club, yeah. Because they broke up. Yeah. Yeah, so just Sclub. It was then offered to Sophie Ellis Baxter, who also turned it down. Hey, who? You might have heard of her if she did say yes. <laughs> it then made its way to Kylie's A&R. Wow. I never just called her Kylie. I was like, who's Kylie? Kylie's A&R executive who booked it for... <laughs> I really cannot say her last name. Say it again. For Minogue. Minogue. Dennis later stated that she felt the song was meant for Kylie, even though it wasn't the original recipient of the song. 
So I said I recovered memory that I'm just going to share yeah, right please. here on the podcast. So uh, like when I was a kid, like 10 years old, we were at Great America, like Six Flags, six, yeah. a Six Flags theme park. Yeah. And uh, we're going in and there's like this family walking like behind us and they're fighting and there's a one kid that was like really whiny. Mm. And then the kid was like, but mom, what about Kevin and Kylie? <laughs> And that was like a joke among my family for years after. Like, I bet if I called like my aunt and uncle right now and I said, <laughs> "What about Kevin and Kylie?" <laughs> that they would be like, they would pop for it so big. The two like heroes of our generation, Kevin McAllister <laughs> and Kylie Minogue. <laughs> Kevin can't get you out of my head was the most played tune of the 2000s in the UK, according to PRS. For music. The track received the most airplay and live covers in the first decade of the 21st century. Whilst, what, whilst Britney Spears' single Toxic was the second most played song. The same songwriter, Kathy Dennis, penned both tunes. Kathy Dennis is like the greatest songwriter who ever yeah. lived. I mean, those are two of the best songs I've ever heard. Can you imagine just being like out somewhere and you're like, Lady, get the fuck away from me. And then she's like, um, I wrote Toxic. And you're like, okay. And then she's like, um, and I also wrote Can't Get You Out of My Head. And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And you just die. If I met her, it would be like uh, Wayne and Garth when they met Alice (laughs) Cooper. I'd be on my knees. We're not worried. We're stuck. We're stuck. Um, at the 2002 Brit Awards, Kylie performed a version of this to the beat of Blue Monday by New Order. There was also a mix with The Chain by Fleetwood Mac that was performed at Radio 2 Live in Hyde Park. Ah. I listened to both of them and they both rule. Those are both amazing. Really? If you want to listen to them, they're on YouTube and they're are awesome. Are they going to be in our playlist on Spotify? Um, sure. If they're on Spotify? Yeah, you can listen to every song from the, from this show on Spotify. Look at our playlist. Music was better. Minogue is regarded as a gay icon, which she has encouraged with comments like, I'm not a traditional gay icon. There's been no tragedy in my life, only tragic outfits. <laughs> Minogue has one of the largest gay followings in the world. I'm just wondering uh, how they figured that out. Um, Maybe they took a Pew Research survey. They just go to every concert and they just like hold up their gaydar and like, Beep, beep, <laughs> like they're scanning the crowd and it's like beep, 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 beep. oh man kylie's are all well, like the charts captain we have a large <laughs> surge of gayness over here at the kylie minogue <laughs> i've never seen anything like this reading i mean yeah, that's awesome measure that? and it's it's it is true there's like you know i found articles online written by you know lgbtqia people who love Plus, kylie yeah but uh I still don't know how how you figure that out. Yeah. Anyway. In 2003, Q Magazine ranked Can't Get You Out of My Head at number 694 on their list of 1,001 best songs ever. Too low. Yeah. Way too low. Not even the top half. NME ranked the song at number 74 on their 100 best track of the naughties list. I hate that term. That's naughty. Also too low and... That term is terrible. Yeah. Na- it's called the O.O.'s. Naughties. O-O's. I mean, why can't you just call it the 2000s? That's, that's, that's way too long. Well, it's easier than <laughs> saying the naughties. The, the naughties. How do you say that? The naughties. 
or like the early two thousands. I can okay. I think they tie mean the me. Tie me. Count seconds. We can count syllables. It's okay. okay. Early two thousands. Okay, that was like one point two. Naughties. Oh, that was like two point eight. <laughs> See. Wow. Anyway, two seventy four. Seventy four. Way too low. In 2011, Rolling Stone magazine placed it at number 45 of their best 100 songs of the 2000s list. Too low. Out of uh, the 100, it was in the top 50. Of maybe of all time. Mm. The 2000s? Come on. It really did, like... You know how many Puddle of Mud songs are in the 2000s? But were they above number 45? You know how many Creed 45? songs? I don't know. With arms wide open. I can't wait till our Creed episode. Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> please, 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 come in. <laughs> it would be like on Jimmy Kimmel, where he's like, tonight we have Matt Damon at the end of the show. He's like, oh, Matt Damon couldn't make it. <laughs> that's, how, that's how Creed's going to be. <laughs> and next week, show. we have Creed. <laughs> uh, back to Can't Get You Out of My Head, which is Kylie's highest selling single and one of the best selling singles of all time, with worldwide sales exceeding $5 million. Too low. Yeah, that seems like... I mean, that's a lot. That's so many people. But, like, if it was number one in 40 countries... No, that's a... It's a great song. Five million people are lucky to actually purchase that song. Purchased. It's, like, one of my favorites, but I never purchased it, to be fair. I wonder if I did. Probably not. But I probably listened to it. Because I had a thing called LimeWire. Thank you. I had a thing called driving 30 minutes to my local mall and going to the Sam Goody and scanning the CD on the wall and putting the headphones on and listening to 30 seconds of the song. Blessed. Blessed. Too blessed to be stressed. Okay, that's what, um, that's a few facts about Kylie Minogue's Can't Get You Out of My Head. I always learn so much from these facts. Thanks for putting them together. I mean, I know them ahead of time, but thanks, Vince, for putting them together. <laughs> and I also love the songs that you have to use because we can't use the real songs because of the copyright shit. But yeah. it sounds like I'm in a Kirby video game. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> we have a comment here from Ian Wright. 2022, this song still raves fire upon spine. Actually, let me fucking read that again. <laughs> Excuse let me. Let me read that again. Okay, Ian. 2022, this song still raves fire up spine. Something very land down under about this girl. <laughs> Could it be that she's from Australia? And you might have a back problem <laughs> if you have fire up spine. Or you're terminally horny. I know guys who would pay for that. <laughs> so, so as I said, as uh, Sam told us in the previous section, uh, this song was a very big international hit, bigger than the United States. And uh, so I have a lot of international comments. And to translate them, we use Google Translate. Never fails. Which is 100% correct mm-hmm. and never been wrong ever. It's all the idiosyncrasies. So Yamil Najar says in Spanish, Big Mrs. Minogue, timeless song, at least for those of us who enjoyed it when we were kids slash teenagers and it came out. That was probably pretty accurate. Yeah, Big Mrs. Minogue. Big Mrs. Minogue. <laughs> Big. 
Like, doesn't mean big. This is a timeless song. It is. Hey, we have another international comment from Dudu Costa in Portuguese. Fuck. What a fuck music. Nostalgia hit hard here now. I'm getting old. I listened to this song in the early 2000s. This song has a really good vibe. (laughs) This is the most honest comment we've ever read. Yeah, fuck. What a fuck Fuck music. music. Nostalgia hit hard here now. But he doesn't say that he likes nostalgia or that he, like, loves it. He says, I'm getting old. I love Dudu Costa. Yeah. Fuck, what a fucking commenter. Yeah, fuck, what a fuck commenter. (laughs) Fuck, what a fuck music. (laughs) I love you. I have another comment here from Ernesto. I want to know that this one has 520 likes. The best song to play when the homies aren't around. <laughs> you need to get better, homies. Yeah, your homies suck. If they don't, if your homies ain't down. With Kylie Minogue. Minogue fuck your homies. Yeah, get new homies. Peach Life. Kylie is the most underrated pop star. I swear her music is timeless. Unlike Britney Spears or even Madonna's more recent work. Whoa. It's like you don't have to bring someone down to like someone. You don't have to do that. That's so how society is. Pitting women against women. It's embarrassing. It is. Especially because Peach Life's profile picture is a picture of Jasmine, but she's wearing a red outfit instead of a turquoise outfit. So So she's a communist. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so you should be all for one. All one or all none. It's I just, think that's actually Dr. Brown. Like, like, yeah, Madonna's recent work isn't as good. She's 70 years old or something. I don't know. Yeah. Also, I'm sure there's more more underrated pop stars. Kylie was pretty successful. But we, yeah, we do, yeah, Kylie is underrated in the United States, sure. Yeah. But the only thing when we say underrated, what these people mean when they say underrated is like, Sales. Yeah. Kylie never has to flush she, her own toilet if she doesn't want saying to. Saying locomotion. I'm just saying she's like rich beyond her dreams. Yeah. Like just because she's not like maybe as rich as Madonna or something. That doesn't matter. Yeah. One year ago, Coos, K-U-Z, Coos. <laughs> something about this song makes the nostalgia stronger compared to other pop songs in the early 2000s. I remember being 12 and hearing this song all the time. When school was a breeze, would bike for fun in the sunny hot days with old friends, or being at carnivals and hearing the song play while everyone is having a good time. Still remember every detail, and the fact it's been 20 years scares me. This comment inspired Stockholm Syndrome to reply. (laughs) In the same time, I love you for giving me that image, and at the same time, I hate you Cause you made me remember the good old days. <laughs> I mean, is that the definition of Stockholm syndrome? <laughs> I don't think so. But you're holding me captive, so I love you, but at the same time, I hate you because you're making me feel so good. Damn, Stockholm deep. syndrome. I want to see more of their comments. Another comment here from Janice Weeks. I remember this was Bailey's Total Fitness theme song. Life was so simple then. <laughs> was it? 
Really? I think it was, yeah. I hope that was a joke, though. Okay, but also, what is Bailey's total fitness? Bailey's? It's Bailey's total oh, fitness? Oh, they, they wrote it like Bailey's Irish Cream? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, this song is what I feel when I drink Bailey's in my coffee. La, 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 <laughs> la. I have a fresh comment here from Anthony Balaz. This was the real future nostalgia. Everything about this video is futuristic and nostalgic. I don't think I've ever been more confused about a comment. It's it's because it's an oxymoron. It's, yeah. It's impossible for that to be true. Is it like when you watch the Jetsons and you're nostalgic for The Jetsons, Jetsons the actual view of the future. Because this video was very like Anthony futuristic. definitely loves the Jetsons. Yeah, he loves Rosie. He's like, Rosie, do you need some lubricant? <laughs> She's a robot? I, I get it. She need to be oiled up? Fuka you, man. What did you just say to me? Fuka you? Fuka you, man. Okay. It's been 21 years and I still remember being hauled around to house parties by my parents when I was three to five. I don't remember many specifics from that time, but this fucking song became one of my core memories. Along with Mambo number five. <laughs> now I'll just be sitting here sometimes and the hook starts playing in my head and I have to come back. It's like fucking Tourette's syndrome. If you ignore the ticks, they just become worse. That went a very different way than I thought the first few syllables. Like being hauled around to house parties by my parents when I was three to five. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to say like, I was like... Being hauled out of house parties when I was like a teenager. Oh, okay. When instead his parents were like the teenagers or 20s or. Yeah, it sounds like you need therapy. That's the you need therapy. But also, like, week. could there be a more different song than this and Mambo Number no. 5? No, because this is the greatest song ever and Mambo Number no. 5 fucking sucks balls. Yeah. Egon Alu, shit. The likes of this sexy jam coming out randomly on my radio after a decade just hit so fucking different. I find it difficult to accept that those times are gone now. Thank you, Kylie, for those times. You haven't heard this song on your radio in a decade? Yeah, like, do these people just not own radios? We, we I think we had this last week. Yeah. Do people just not own radios? You know what it is? It's because people don't have those Craig Power Plays anymore. <laughs> a call back to our first episode yes derek knight one month ago to have had a crush on madonna as a nine-year-old kid question mark then i am so proud of her now as her father that is overwhelming to realize in a glorious way she protected so many unborn babies and she solidified young families with a stabilizing mantra seems to be another similar realization with kylie minogue Smooth era. What the what the fuck did you just read? I'm thinking that this is a callback to our Madonna our, our Madonna episode. Papa don't preach when she says, you know, I made up my mind. I'm keeping my baby. Yeah. So Derek Knight thinks that song is like a pro life song, mm-hmm. and thanks to Madonna, she protected so many more babies, including his. No, he's just saying, like, I loved Madonna as a kid. Now I love her more because she's pro-life like me. Oh. But the thing and is, then, that song is 
I made up my mind, meaning she made a choice. And then, but then seems to be another similar realization with Kylie Minogue. I, that's what I don't understand is what the fuck this song has to do with any of his yeah. fucking weird opinions about life. Maybe it's life. like when she was saying, can't get you out of my head, she was saying, can't get you out of my womb. Smooth era. Smooth era. <laughs> Smooth era. Very confusing comment from Derek. Yeah, Green. one of the most He also confusing. says that he's Madonna's father, which... Yeah, that I am so... But he was only a nine-year-old kid when he was... With a question mark. Okay. Derek... I hope to never hear from you again, but thanks for your comment. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. Valerie Kravhov, a Russian commenter, translated, said, A beautiful woman for those times is generally a bomb. How she is doing now. Why does this sound like a threat? <laughs> how she, How she's doing now. I'm resisting the urge to read this in a really stereotypical Russian accent. <laughs> You resisted. I can do it. I can do it. How is she doing that? <laughs> I thought you said you resisted. And this is my neighbor. He can't afford. Finally, we have our final comment of the day from Leo Convalis. No TikTok, no Fortnite, no Corona. Just good times. No Corona. No Corona? That, that, no sucks. Corona. that sucks. That sucks. That sucks. Vin Diesel's going to be pissed. Yeah. I can have any beer I want as long as it's a Corona, unless I'm listening to Kylie Minogue. Then I can't have TikTok, Fortnite, or Corona. Sounds like this guy never got a victory royale. It sounds like victory he, royale. He never got a f- friends who became family. Shame. Shame. What? That has 2,500 likes. Disgusting. Blocked. I mean, we can't block him. We got to make fun of him on the show. Well, then I'll block him. (laughs) So I pulled it up. The 100 best songs of the 2000s from Rolling Stone. I'm going to read you the top 10. Okay. And you just answered me a simple question. Is Can't Get You Out of My Head better than this song? Are you ready? I'm ready. For the purpose of this, we're assuming that 44 through... 11 are better, because they are. (laughs) Or, you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Number 10, Stan by Eminem. Eminem or Kylie? Kylie. Number 9, You Too, Beautiful Day. Oh, Kylie. Number 8, Amy Winehouse, Rehab. I plead the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) Number 7, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's, Maps. Kylie. Number six, Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. Mm, Kylie heard it at too many sporting events. Number five, Paper Planes by M.I.A. Kylie. (laughs) (laughs) This may be the hardest test yet. Number four, Outcast. Hey, yeah. That should be number one on this list. Yeah, probably. So far, that's my number one. Kylie's number two. Number three, Beyonce, Crazy in Love. There's so many better Beyonce songs than that. Number two, Jay-Z, 99 Problems. Mm, But Kylie ain't one. (coughs) Kylie is one because she's better than you. (laughs) And a number one song, according to Rolling Stone, Gnarls Barkley's Crazy. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Hey, did you pick this song at number one? Does that make you crazy? Probably. (laughs) Kylie's a lot better than Gnarls. And less problematic, too. Yeah, that we know of. So, Rolling Stone, you suck. Is Kylie Minogue Australian? 
She is. She was like, that song beat me for number one. She'd be like, no. <laughs> and then you are. You know, Australian people say no. 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 <laughs> Not for me, good <laughs> Okay, never mind. Okay, well, that's it what for this week. Okay, well, what do we have next for week? For the Music Was Better, you can follow us on all forms of social media at Music Was Better, musicwasbetter.com for all the links. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. Until next week, we have a very special episode. We're going back to the first album I ever bought. Multi-platinum selling. Hit after hit after hit. I'm talking, of course, about the Pretty Woman soundtrack. Can't wait. So. Pretty Woman, you will come back. A small, a small spoiler, that song is not going to be one of my picks. Oh, okay, then I'll just sing it. Out the rest of this podcast. Pretty one, stay with me. Kylie, thank you so much. Happy spring break. Thank you, you Thanks too. For being here. You gonna hang out for a bit? Have a cerveza? I'm, uh, I'm gonna have a little, take a moment with the, with the people here. Yeah, absolutely. So. Have a beer. Kylie Minogue, everybody.